The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. What's up? It's a Tuesday. Man, it's hot Tuesday, though. Woo. Uh, I know Ajay's been up at practice, melting in the sun. Uh, we'll get his his feedback as, uh, and his observations up there today. Uh, I had full plans that it was me that was going to be there. We've been trying to take turns, uh, and so we have both different perspectives and, and observations. Uh, they just kind of got away with me for some other things that were going on, and I wasn't able to get away. So relying on Ajay's eyes and ears and what he sees today in practice, understand that it was moved indoors. So hopefully it wasn't uh, too hot today in the uh, indoor practice facility for the Aggies. But uh, we'll be getting some of his observations a little bit later on. We'll be spending time specifically talking about the tight ends as we continue to get ready for Utah State football season and the uh, this fall camp, which is underway right now. Uh, and uh, looking at what the the tight ends look like, big holes, uh, big shoes to fill after Dax Raymond leaves. Uh, Carson Terrell was in the mix last year, got some opportunities to play. Who else is in the mix? Some of the newcomers, other guys that are coming back, guys that uh, saw maybe very, very minor roles, opportunities to expand those. And so how the tight ends also might get used in other ways with this offense. Since it is a new offensive coordinator, does their role change much? And, uh, and a new position coach as well. We'll hear from Frank Miley, who was a defensive line coach. He was uh, an assistant defensive coordinator for a while, associate head coach. And uh, he's also now the uh, tight ends coach for the Utah State Aggies. So it'd be very interesting to get his perspective on that as he is coaching a new position uh, for him. So we'll hear from Coach Miley coming up here in a little while as well. As uh, He is a former player that played for Utah State. Uh, went and uh, uh, back in the SEC for a little while, uh, and then he came back to Utah State and has been here for several years and has uh, been a nice addition for the Aggies. Good to have him on the staff. Good to have him back as well, considering uh, some of the changes and the uncertainty about the way things went down last year. Uh, and, uh, and when Matt Wells left, there was a lot of talk that – Frank Miley was supposed to be guaranteed an opportunity to interview, and uh, that interview did not happen. Um, and uh, things started to progress more towards Gary Anderson, and he wasn't really given much of a chance. Uh, but uh, he still, in spite of that, was able to talk with Gary Anderson, and, and Gary was able to convince him to stick around and stay, even though he had opportunities to look elsewhere at some uh, other notable programs came calling for him to come be part of their staff. So good to have Frank Miley still in the mix for the Utah State Aggies. So we'll hear from him uh, in a little while. Also on Tuesdays, we do our stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Some things that uh, maybe you hadn't heard of before in sports or a player that really stood out to us and what they were able to do. Uh, before we get too far out into too many other things, I do, well, just have to grant me just an opportunity here for just a minute. Step away from what we normally talk about with sports. Uh, had an opportunity to uh, head out to a Birch Creek Golf Course today. There was a big golf tournament. 
that took place. I, I, I did not golf, thankfully, that nobody would want to see me try to hack at the ball and embarrass myself and hold up the line. But uh, there was a golf tournament today uh, that benefited the Cash Education Foundation uh, and uh, a lot of money that was raised to help the schools in the area. And a big shout-out to those who put it together and made it all work and uh, to those who did participate and their contributions and how they help uh, the schools and teachers and educators throughout the Cache County School District. So a very cool opportunity to have that done and uh, to see people um, get ready for uh, and try to help the schools in the area. A number of different principals that were there participating and talked to a few athletic directors while we were there uh, and uh, told them or asking them how their summer was, and they asked what summer. For them, uh, it's been full go for for a while now. Uh, but uh, today is first day that uh, games can be played, so I understand that there are some soccer games happening this afternoon throughout the area for girls' soccer. That, uh, that is underway. Uh, and so, anyway, it's, it's the athletic season is upon us. The first high school football game coming up next Friday. So it's, it's coming up fast. And as we've done before, as we did before last year, uh, and uh, we will do this again this upcoming season where we will have a designated broadcast team on a designated radio signal and a designated online stream of each team in Region 11. It's now called Region 11. It was Region 12, but there was some realignment. And uh, nothing got realigned up here, but the name did get changed. So uh, Region 11, every team will have uh, its own broadcast uh, partner, a radio station that will carry every game, and a broadcast play-by-play team that will be there uh, for the whole thing as well. We'll have that schedule published here very soon on CashValleyDaily.com, so you can see the full schedule, who's playing where, when, so you know what uh, what your team is doing and then what the other teams are doing as well and how to listen and follow along. So really looking forward to that. Uh, so it's hard to believe that it's already coming up and it starts next week. But when we talk about to Utah State football, this is their final week of open practices. And uh, practices continue today until 5.15. It's open to the public at the indoor practice facility today, this afternoon. Tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday will be your last chances to see these practices. Uh, it'll be a closed scrimmage on Saturday. All practices next week will be closed. And then there will be the, the annual blue-white scrimmage coming up on Saturday, the uh, 17th of August. I believe that's going to be at 5 p.m. in the stadium. So uh, limited opportunities if you want to go see this team in their practices and how they develop and what they're working on and the the different position battles as they're progressing. Uh, Only a few more days left to do that. And in some of those position battles, one of the biggest ones that we're keeping an eye on is the tight end position. Uh, Dax Raymond was a tremendous weapon for Utah State offensively, and he is gone. So the question is, who? Uh, how is he replaced? Who takes those minutes? Who steps in and, and uh, is able to help out? Uh, as we mentioned, Carson Terrell, he helped out uh, last year. Uh, he saw significant minutes. Uh, there were some times where he did struggle a little bit, holding on to the ball and uh, securing the ball on, on passes. Uh, but... Yeah, he is a guy that is coming back, and the coaches feel pretty good about him and are kind of excited about his opportunity to help the team. He does have a big body, six foot five, 245 pounds. Uh, and so he, he did get involved in, in almost pretty much every game 
last year. He did start three games. Uh, he finished with 10 catches for 150 yards and one touchdown. Uh, he had opportunities to do more than that, but uh, he was able to do contribute in his sophomore season and to do a little bit better. So I think he has an opportunity to do more this year. But I don't know that it's necessarily the he is the heir apparent because of some of the other people that are in the mix for that tight end position. We'll hear from Coach Frank Miley, his thoughts about the tight ends this year, his also thoughts about switching to the offensive side of the ball, and what he thinks so far about Gary Anderson and this new staff getting ready for the 2019 season. Got Coach Frank Miley with me. Uh, Coach, uh, coming off a, a really awesome uh, season where it ended in a historic bowl win, you got to be the head coach of that team. Uh, what were the biggest lessons you learned during that whole entire week leading up to the bowl game and into the bowl game? It's all about the players, man. Uh, it's all about the players, man. They did a great job um, with, with uh, you know, with how things went down, you know, uh, Obviously, Matt and those guys did a great job, and his staff getting us to that point, um, and they had to take off, uh, do what was best for their families. But the kids, man, they didn't flinch uh, one bit, man, and they they embraced me, guiding them into the last football game of that season. And you know, at that point, it was already a well-oiled machine, and so I just tried not to screw it up. So, <laughs> so, but the kids did a great job, man. They were respectful, man. They worked hard, and you know, they were status quo throughout the whole process. And they, it was something they wanted to do for each other. You know what I mean? And and finish the season off the right way, and send those seniors off. And so, uh, they did a great job. I have to ask: Were you considered as a head coach for the football team after that? Uh, do you know what? I don't know. I don't know the. Uh, I don't know the politics behind that, uh, yeah. <laughs> to tell you the truth, man. But I will tell you this, man. It's a dream of mine. It's a dream of mine. It's a goal of mine. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what this role takes me. Uh, now you're the associate head coach underneath Coach Anderson. What got you to stay? Uh, you know, I think it was, uh, it was a combination of, of, you know, this is what I felt like was best for my family. Um, and, and really, Coach Anderson played a huge role in that because I have been with him before. He's been a, a huge mentor of mine uh, in the coaching profession. Uh, he's like family to me, and uh, he's always been there for me. So um, knowing that he was going to be the head coach and I'd be working for him was, was a big deal, and so that, that made it an easier uh, decision to make to stay here and, and be under him and continue to learn under his direction. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of it. The yep. tight ends lose Dax Raymond, obviously one of the best pass catchers we've seen at the tight end position in a long time. Yep. Uh, Carson Terrell, obviously, you see a lot of time. Who do you see behind Carson Terrell in the tight end position that maybe could help out? Do you know what? That remains to be seen, man. We'll find out here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we brought in a grad transfer in Caleb Rep from Utah. Um, so excited about him. He brings a little a different component to the game with us as far as tight ends go. He's He's, he's a long, athletic uh, kid that can run, and so we're, we're excited to see where he goes. But Travis Bowman has done a great job here. Uh, Logan Lee was played DN for me, and I brought him over to play tight end. Really? So he's he's uh, he's he's been a positive. He's been very, it's been very encouraging seeing his progress. So excited to see where he goes. Mo Mano's another one uh, that, that you'll you'll probably hear his name a lot. So I'm just excited to see where these guys go. I got a lot of. 
a lot of good pieces to the puzzle. We just gotta gotta see which ones fit the right way to get us where we need to go. So, what are the challenges of bringing a defensive end over to being a tight end? What's the biggest challenges you see for a guy doing that, making that change? Do you know the 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 thing that a lot of people don't know is is uh, is Logan was an offensive guy that we brought to play defense. So mm. in high school, he was a receiver, and really that was his primary role in high school. So uh, knowing that uh, beforehand, it made it a little bit easier as far as, hey, let's, let's try this tight end deal. Uh, running routes and catching is not going to be anything new to you. That's something you did your whole high school career and uh, just had to knock off a little bit of, of rust off of, uh, you know, getting him to prepared for that deal. But he's done a great job, man. Logan can run. He can catch. Uh, he's physical. And so um, it's been a good transition. Tell me about Caleb Rep, what you've seen out of him. He's, of course, a transfer from Utah. You've already mentioned him. Uh, what do you like about him so far? Uh, I think he's, he's, he's going to help us be a little bit more explosive in that position. He's very athletic. Uh, he's long. He can run. He can catch. Um, with, with how this offense is built, he's, he's, he's like a big receiver. Uh, and so for us, uh, he brings that component to it and adding a fourth uh, weapon to the passing game. Um, and so... I'm excited to see where that goes with him. So You've got to see first-person Jordan Love in action, uh, both in the practice field and on game field. What makes him special in your eyes? Man, he's the real deal, man. I've never seen anything like it. But the thing I've never seen Jordan do, I've never seen Jordan panic uh, in any situation. Uh, you know, the, one of the first times I've seen him, you know, get into live action was a was, uh, – Shoot, the last time we played Wake Forest, mm-hmm. uh, when he got in the game, man. And uh, to tell you the truth, man, I, I know that you're recording this deal, but between me and you, man, when, when he was thrown into the game at that point, I knew I knew he was going to have a bright future, man, from just just watching him. He was poised. Uh, he didn't panic. It didn't look like it bothered him that he was a freshman mm-hmm. and that he was on the field. Uh, and that's something I've really respected and loved about him is when things are good, he's the same. And when things are bad, it doesn't phase him. Uh, I think he, he truly understands that everything starts and ends with him and he's got to be on point and everything he does is for the team and he can't let his teammates down and he takes part in that. So you, you, mean you talked about how you were able to see that first. Did you ever see this coming? I mean, I'm stirring at mints that are a Heisman campaign for Jordan <laughs> Love. I, I see this folder made out of him and this hashtag of, I mean, love for Heisman. Did you ever see that coming? Uh do you know what? You, I, I think when you when you see him at a young age as freshman, I, I think you see the possibilities. Uh, you, you actually don't know where it's going to end and where it can lead, but uh, you've always seen the tool sets uh, at a young age and the demeanor and his mannerisms of how, you know that you know it's limitless where where he could go. Right? It's just going to be about his development, and he's done a great job. Uh, allowing uh, the coaches to coach him uh, and allowing the coaches to help develop him as, as a player physically um, and mentally. And so at the end of the day, this, this, he's where he's at because of him, the decisions he's made, the, the commitment that he has to this program, to himself, to his family. Um, and he's done a great job embracing uh, who he is and allowing us to assist him in that. So that's Frank Miley who was a defensive line coach. He was a defensive co-defensive coordinator. Now he's coaching tight ends, and he's flipping some of those guys to, to the offensive side. Logan Lee, uh, he, he's done that from him. Uh, so there's Caleb Rep was another guy who used to be a defensive guy. Not long ago. Uh, but uh, certainly I think there's 
We've seen this before. TJ uh, Tialavea did that a few years back under Gary Anderson. Sometimes the the tight end position gets viewed as a glorified wide receiver uh, who is just a, a bigger-bodied wide receiver. And, and sometimes, yes, that's how they get utilized. But it's much more than that because a lot of times they'll get used in the blocking scheme. And, and there's been some coaches that treat a tight end just like another offensive lineman. Brent Guy did that um, to, to some degree. Um, and so there's sometimes that the tight end is is a – a very dynamic position in that it depends on what your coach, what your offensive coordinator, how they want to use them. Because they can be used in the run game. They can be used in your passing game. Um, and uh, sometimes they're just an additional uh, guy on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see how that position, if it changes or evolves with this new coaching staff, or if we're going to see something similar to what we saw last year in – using it as a real weapon, because Dax Raymond was a real weapon for Utah State last year. Oh, man. Yeah, Dax Raymond was special. <clears throat> he was really special. I uh, think like the college Rob Gronkowski, and that's what Dax Raymond was, and that's not an exaggeration or a over-imaginational thing. It's Dax with great size, great speed, great athleticism, could catch anything that came his way with great hands. That's Rob Gronkowski to 1.5 or whatever it is. Uh, and now you have to find somebody else can do that. Caleb Rep. now, you know, as we talked about the tight ends position, Caleb Rep has came as a grad transfer to Utah or from Utah to Utah State and has exploded on the scene. And I feel bad for Carson Terrell because he was the man in waiting for the position to be the new uh, starting tight end for Utah State. Then all of a sudden comes Caleb Rep, and he's just... I mean, he's just, he looks like an all-star out in the field, like a man among boys at, at times when he's making catches. And uh, he's, he's got, uh, he's everything that I've said about Dax, Caleb Rep has got. And Carson Teller has actually had a really good fall camp from what I've seen so far. Uh, good hands. He's got his, you know, chest and his body level with where the, you know, the hands are to get the ball. Um, good athleticism to get up on a high point to, to get a ball. He does everything really well. Problem is, Caleb's just doing everything a little bit better. And that just happens. That's just life sometimes. Well, it, it it's an interesting mix uh, because I think you've got some real physical guys in that group of tight ends. Um, and, and you've got some maybe, I don't know if they're necessarily the right term is finesse guys. Mm-hmm. I don't want to necessarily use that to, to classify them. Yeah, I'm with but, you. But I think you've got a really interesting mix. Uh, and, and it'll be also interesting to see guys that we haven't really seen much yeah, like Manu and uh, Mortensen. We knew we saw Mortensen have a great career for the Skyview Bobcats. Yeah, but he's just recently coming back from a mission, and uh, you know how does he get his legs underneath him, and how well does he get into things right away, or is he a longer term prospect? Because you've got some experienced guys ahead of him, he, you can take your time in developing him. So uh, the tight end position is really intriguing to me mm-hmm. this year because it's not just it's one main guy that we know of coming into it. And then other guys get chances when he's taking a break. I think it's going to be a really interesting competition to get those minutes. And then it will also be very intriguing to see how this coaching staff utilizes the tight end. Yeah. No, and, and I, I think they have ideas on what they would want to do. Uh, ideas on how they can use them in certain situations or, you know, down distance, whatever it is. 
um, formations and, and jumbo packages and such. So uh, there, I'm going to do too much detail. They're looking at every possibility to be able to utilize the talent they have in that position as possible. They know they've got some guys <laughs> that can help the team, and they're going to use them to help the team. Fair enough? It is what it is. <laughs> is that ambiguous enough? It is, it is what it is. Um, I mean, you're not you're not in the dark. You obviously know what's going on. You've heard about some of the things that they're working on. And but, we, but look, you. what I said earlier, too, about how you utilize your tight end also depends on what, what talent you have available. Yeah, if your if your tight ends have rocks for hands, you're not going to put them out there in passing yeah. situations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they just can't bring it in and they're not reliable, then you're yeah. just going to use them as a blocker. Yep. an additional offensive line. And people are like, "Well, that's giving it away." It's like, no, it's not. You still got to execute the play. Yeah, I mean, just because so and so is going to be in there and he can't catch that the ball, opportunity. and you know it's going to be like a run play, it's a run play. Well, no crap. Can you stop it? <laughs> just. Yeah, uh, and, and that's the thing is I remember when um, – what was it? I can't remember what game it was for Boise State, but they were playing somebody, and, and after like, the receiver came onto the field as a quarterback, and you know, he was obviously a runner because he can't throw, and so – it was a Virginia Tech, but the guy's like, run, 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 and the guy said – he thought it was head, well, really – it's a run, huh? Well, can you stop it? Then he went like 35 yards on like third and nine or something like that for a first down on a trick play using the wildcat formation. And it's, it is. It's, it's look, you know, you, players being on the field might give away something, but it still have to execute it. And more often than not, the one who executes the most is going to be successful throughout the game. Do you like how like just general Thanks, and that's just totally great coach speak. And even coming I mean, Bill really, Belichick, man. Yes, that's a. Very insightful, Ajay. <laughs> <laughs> We're on to day five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do this. Coming up on the other side of this timeout, we'll get more insight from what you saw today in practices. You, they yeah. moved inside. Oh, and it was full pads. And uh, you got out of the sun a little bit. Oh, that was nice, too. <laughs> but now that they're in pads, it starts to get very much um, a little bit more intriguing because yeah. what you can do in space is one thing. When you have somebody else knocking you around, it's a very different story mm-hmm. to see what kind of uh, metal you mm-hmm. have. So we'll get more of that from Ajay, another practice report from Utah State football. Practice is still open for another 45, no, about 30 minutes, 45 minutes or so. Yeah, 45. Uh, again, that's uh, open tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. And those are your last chances if you want to just meander up there to watch practice. And there's a good crowd today, too, for the indoor out of all the days, it was indoor, and there was actually quite a few people there to watch them. Maybe so it's like, because it was indoor. And they'll have to like, move them around so they can get their drills done. I mean, you don't want to get hit in the head by a Jordan Love throw that's going to go over the head or whatever and get clocked. So, you know, you're just kind of like shifting yourself to where you're not going to get killed. But, uh, no, it was, it was a good crowd today, and uh, obviously people are kind of catching on at what they're doing and uh, to go out and see what they can see. Sweet. So we'll get more from what happened today, what was uh, viewed today. We'll also discuss our player of the week, stat that blew our minds. Uh, the Team USA training camp has gotten underway in Las Vegas. Donovan Mitchell making some interesting comments about this team as there's a lot of people who uh, stepped out and took themselves out of the running to be a part of it. Donovan Mitchell speaks up about it. We'll hear what he had to say. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
Full Court Press, Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Okay, I was just going to start it up for you so you could continue what you were doing. I'm trying to help you out here, man. Uh, okay, we're back. You can carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, day no, so, yeah, day uh, five of fall camp. Is it day five? Do you uh, know? Let's see. First, second, third, fifth, sixth. Yeah, it's yeah, day, five. day five. It's day five. My gosh, day five of fall camp today indoors. Good crowd on hand, too. Uh, a lot of people there to go uh, to see what was going on with this football team and all the hype and the uh, noise is all about. Um, our subject is tight ends today. We, we've talked a little bit about that. Caleb Rep obviously is a standout. Um, Carson Terrell's looked really, really good. It's just that Caleb Rep has looked a little bit better. I was watching the quarterbacks today, too. Cooper Lagaz is kind of... They were doing some drills where they would roll to the right, roll to the left, and then you throw on the run. Cooper Lagaz got kind of a... He's got an accurate arm. I mean, there's not much on it, per se, for a Division One quarterback. Obviously, he's just a freshman coming in, so he's going to have to lift some weights and whatnot. But the fact that he can... I mean, he can put a ball on the spot. And it was actually really impressive to watch him, uh, you know, especially rolling to his left and throwing with the right arm. He, he looked really impressive. I was also impressed... By the way, Jordan Love looks great. I know we kind of talked about him on day one a little bit. He was sluggish coming out of the gates. Yeah, when I saw him on day two, he just didn't look real crisp. Yeah. He had it. Well, let me say that he had, uh, he'd have a, 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 doing certain drills, a pass or two that just wasn't on target. And then he'd throw one that no one else could throw. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks good days three, four, and five. Someone asked me, hey, I heard he's wearing a brace. Is that true? I'm going to just say Jordan Love is fine. That's all you need to know. He's fine. He'll be ready to go for game one of Wake Forest, August 30th, Friday night at 6 p.m. You're covered. Uh, I did watch a little bit more of the offensive line. I just I felt like they got dominated today. I mean, just for the little bit I watched, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the yards that were created were done so by the running back. And you saw Brad get some carries. Uh, Warren looked good. Tim Patrick Jr., by the way, is a wide receiver. That guy is becoming something. He's He made two really, really fantastic catches, both down the sideline, both deep balls, both with the guy draping him, and he was still able to have focus, concentration, and reel the ball in. I think one of them was like with one arm, and he was pretty much being mobbed by the guy. So he had to like switch his arm and go the other way and catch it. It was impressive. Tim Patrick Jr., Eric, number 81 in your uh, – media guides or your or your list, it really has stood out to me. Um, I'm surprised no one ever really talked about him before. I mean, you and I are kind of the first ones to bring him up. Nobody else does. They talk about Nathan, Scarver, Compton. Um, Tompkins has been brought up, but not a lot of people say Tim Patrick Jr. He's a redshirt freshman. Uh, so, yeah, we haven't really seen a lot of him. There's not a lot of body of work that we've been mm-hmm. able to see just yet. So. Uh, yeah, good to see that there's a mix of different guys that are able to get in there and make some things happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've already talked about quarterbacks a little bit. Defensively, uh, they are – God, they look good. I mean, they really do. I mean, there's some things they got beat on, sure. But I, I, Shaq Bond, again, to sit out. Troy Leffridge Jr., and I've said his name, I think, three days in a row, and I'm going to keep bringing it up because, I mean, today he made a couple of really good pass breakup plays. Uh, you know, he, he was kind of leaning to one side. He had to change footing, change his momentum, go to the other side, and still make a pass breakup. Uh, just really impressive stuff from Troy. I, I like that guy a lot. Uh, you know, you re- it's sometimes really hard because we always take it for granted. But, dude, Tipa in pads is an absolute monster. 
I mean, he is, I seriously, he's like Jolly the Green Giant when he walks out there. You notice exactly, <laughs> you don't even have to look at the number. You're just like, there's Tipa right there. If they were wearing no jerseys, you know who Tipa is. And uh, he looks good. And uh, David Woodward, again, was very active on defense. Defense got the better of the offense yesterday. I would say for the most part, they did today. I think that would probably be wrong by the end of the night. Um, Jordan Love on his first possession of 11-on-11, 11 11, uh, they, they, uh, they stuttered, as did Columby's uh, group, as did Peasley's group. And then Love came in to finish it off on the 11-11 in the first try and, and ended up scoring. So... Uh, but I'd say the defense looked really good again today. Uh, I'm excited. I know. I am too. I really am too. Hey, let me ask you, though. Who are you more curious about in regards of what they look like? Justin Enna as a defensive coordinator or Coach Sanford as a offensive coordinator? Wow. Um, and Why? I think both have really good reputations and good experience. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Uh, man, that's maybe I would lean more to Sanford just because he's been an OC. Fair enough. Yeah, longer. Yeah, with a little more tenure. Yeah. Uh, even though he wasn't great, he didn't have a lot of success. I don't want to say he wasn't great. Didn't have a lot of success as a head coach. Uh, has that experience about what it takes to be the man at, at the top. I would agree. And so I think I'd give him maybe a slight edge. No, I would agree with you too. I, I, I think, I think Sarah, I, and I, and I get, and there's an argument for coach Enna as well, you know, coming in, coming from Utah, he still got some talent on this end and he's got some great right, talent. Coming from a power five Tipa, Woodward, Yep. What adjustments can you make with what you have? Uh, and, and it's, I just not, I guess it's kind of a different scheme now. What can you do with it? You know? And so I, and, and it's a little unfair because Gary Anderson's going to be more spending more time with Enna than he will be with Sanford. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I would almost. Oh, never mind. I I got to be careful what I say on the air. Get myself in trouble. <laughs> hey, did we play the Frank Miley interview? We did. Did you ever find it interesting that when how he answered the first question? About uh, did you ever get asked to be a head coach? Uh, that was interesting. And yeah. now he's like, I don't get into the politics of that. And I was yeah, like, huh. he was. And he talked to us after, uh, and and kind of cleared that up of of what he was saying. And um, yeah, it just it made it really intriguing. That guy he did w- make it clear that he would like to be a head coach. Yes. Someday. Oh, yes. That's what I'm about to say is he does want to be a head coach. Uh, I think he kind of expected to get to at least an interview. He didn't get that. Um, I think he was bummed out about it. He's frustrated by that process, the way it went down. But he's happy to be here. He's happy to be with Anderson. He has so much respect for him and the rest of the staff. Uh, and he loves these kids, too. And, you know, when you ask him about it, he says it's all about the kids. Uh, and so it's I, – and I, I couldn't agree more. I've, I've been a coach before, and it is. It's all about the kids. Um, and, you know, you got to understand that whatever position you're in, you're in there for a reason, and you got to accept that and do your best at it and – Frank Miley will do just that. I, I, I'm so glad he's back, Eric. He's such an integral part of this football team. Uh, we, we ran through a lot of different positions. Did you talk about the running backs? Uh, a little bit, not much. What Did you, did you yeah, observe uh, them doing a lot today? Yeah, no. Uh, Bright got a majority of the carries. Again, it's I would say a lot of the yards gained were by the running back, not by the offensive line helping out. 
if I may be so brutally honest. Uh, you could just see, you know, uh, Bryant's able to kind of bounce it out, take it outside and gain four or five extra yards. Uh, Warren did it. I think it was Warren that missed a couple of holes that he probably could have gashed through and, and, and gained bigger yardage. Um, Riley Burt looked good. Riley Burt, you know, he doesn't look as big as I thought he was, but he's willing to bull over you. Like, he'll run over you. He doesn't really look for a way around. He looks a way through. Um, and, and that physical kind of running back can be good for Utah State because that could wear that offensive or, excuse me, that defensive, or at least the forefront of it down, and then, you know, hopefully exhaust the linebackers as well. So, um, yeah, I, I like I, I like Joe Bright, the starter. I think Warren's still in your number two. I think Riley Burt's there at number three afterwards, maybe Enoch if needed. But that's the, that's the way I kind of looked at it today. Interesting. And have you seen Chase Nelson doing much at the run, at the running back? No. Yeah, that was a curious move. I thought to ch- switch positions for him. Yeah, I have not seen him. There must be they have some other things in mind or how they're going to use him. Sure, absolutely. And by the way, DJ was a great special teamers back in his day. Maybe they put Chase in that regard as well yeah. as a gunner yeah. or something to that fact because that's man. DJ loved, loved, and uh, revered that role. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, switching gears a little bit. Uh, we On Tuesdays, talk about a stat that blew our minds. We also talk about a player of the week, a player who stood out to us over the past week. And there's some news coming out of Team USA training camp as they've gotten underway in Las Vegas. Donovan Mitchell kind of weighs in. There's some people kind of bagging on this group and all the NBA players that have backed out. And C.J. McCollum kind of making some comments the other day that uh, – Maybe one of the reasons why they, they don't want to be on a, on a team that might lose. So, oh, really? Yeah. So they're, that could they're get intriguing. Backing out preemptively, so they're not on a losing team. I don't buy that. I mean, have a little pride. Good luck with that. Say. Yeah. No kidding. All right. So those wow. are some of the things we got coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, one hundred six nine FM, thirteen ninety AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, it's the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com. It's where you can also find our podcasts, past episodes, past interviews. It's all there. It's all online. And if you haven't yet, like us on Facebook, too, 1069thefan on Facebook. Uh, It's where we post things that we like to interact with our audience with, like Pick 6, which is a Great game that we like to play. It's Ajay's favorite. So, uh, <laughs> no comment over there. <laughs> so let's let's talk about... Uh, let's not. Let's talk about the stat that blew my mind. Oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. Come back in here. I have some good stats for you. You wanted to walk away. This one is... It's more of a, on this date in history, kind of a stat than it is something that happened over this past week or the last couple of days, uh, if, if you'll allow that. But on this date, 26 years ago, Tony Gwynn had recorded his 2,000th hit. On this date, 20 years ago, Tony Gwynn recorded his 3,000th hit. This date is also his mom's birthday. So how about that? Significant milestones for Tony Gwynn and doing it on his mom's birthday. 
So that that was cool. It's always cool when you can do something that's uh, special and uh, have that special moment to share with somebody else because of their, uh, their link to it as well. So cool, cool moments for Tony Gwynn, even if it happened a while ago. Good for TG. My stat that blew my mind, and I just found this out just like not too long ago. Did you know Liberty Dew has 75 freaking grams of total carbonation and 75 grams of sugar? That's 25% of that dang drink that I'm drinking right now. Wow. That's, that's, that's mind-blowing. It is. Dude, no. Uh, think about that. Think, Wait, 25 20, grams of carbonation? No, 70, I've never heard of that. No, 75 grams of carbonation. 25% of this drink, man. Of carbonation? 90 or mil- carbs. Carbonation. Carbs does not stand for carbonation. Yeah, it does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Wait, really? Wait, 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 wait. Carbs no, stands for carbohydrates. Because you only get carbs from bread. You get it from a lot of other things, too. Oh, and pizza. <laughs> Which has bread. Okay. But that's like, ni- there's... Carb, I mean, dude, carb stands for carbohydrates, not carbonation. Are you being serious or are you just joking Carb- with no, I can't I mean, tell if you're being serious right now. Carbonation are the bubbles. What? Carbs, that's part of the ingredients. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I'm being serious. I feel like you're like, hold on. I'm going to... Hold but on. Now you're going to go. You don't trust me. Yeah, I don't you, trust you. You got to go to the Google. Oh my gosh, it is. Huh? Hey, Google, what does carb stand for? No, don't. Now my phone just went off. You jerk. Why did you do that, dude? <laughs> so, seriously, that, that's the stat that blew your mind. No. About how many carbs are in your Mountain Dew drink? No. Uh, the stat that blew my mind. So we all know how competitive the Yet- Ran- uh, Yankees Red Sox series has been throughout its history, right? Yes. I mean, playoffs included, regular season. There used to be some battles, especially at the end of the season when they're competing for a division title. One of the great rivalries in sports. The Yankees just completed another four-game sweep of the Red Sox, and they did it, by the way, with a ton of injured players <laughs> that were out. It's the third time in the last thirty years that the Yankees swept the Red Sox in a series of four-plus games. Think about that. 30 years, and it's just the third time that the Yankees have swept the Red Sox in a series of four more games. Wow. Dude, so, this, this Yankees team's on a, on, a, on a roll right now with injured guys. <laughs> yeah, they're not at full strength. No, oh, not even close. They're not even remotely close. And what's crazy is that their AAA team's actually doing really well right now. They're tied with the Houston Astros for the best record in the American League. Mm-hmm. Actually, they have one fewer loss, so maybe you'd say they're a little bit ahead. Uh, but the Dodgers have the best record in Major League Baseball. What's their record? They're 75-40. and 40. Dodgers are. Astros are 73-40, and 40, and the Yankees are 73-39. and 39. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Um, by the way, uh, another set that I ran into, and this is according to ESPN Stats Info, I'll give them credit for this one. So the Astros had that no hitter on August 3rd, right? Um, and the guy who got the win was Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez, prior to the no hitter, had lost 13 straight decisions 
Whoa. <laughs> and according to Elias Sports Bureau, that is the most consecutive decisions with a loss prior to a start of at least six no-hit innings in the modern era since 1900. There you go. That's proof that you never give up. He- <laughs> Just keep trying. <laughs> if you lose 13, go away. Go throw again. Uh, but You might get it on the 14. He's also the first pitcher in Major League history to throw a no-hitter after losing five straight games. That's incredible. That's a way to end your schneid. Now, granted, it took three other pitchers to help, but yeah. Uh, we'll do. Let's do our player next hour. Oh yuck! Your chocolate and peanut butter dreams have come true. Krispy Kreme is creating a Reese's donut. Oh what? Oh my no! That's uh, going to give you like arteries and no. I might be in trouble. Are you serious? <laughs> you eat that? I don't. I'd have to see it. To but I'm a it. sucker for anything peanut butter and chocolate. Oh man! No wonder you look the way you look. It's a, it's the greatest duo of all time. <laughs> All right, uh, coming up next, we'll discuss uh, what's going on with Team USA, the uh, men's basketball team getting ready for the FIBA World Cup. I'm looking at a photo of their roster right now. <laughs> you know, you see Donovan and a couple of guys, and everyone else are like, who the heck are you, dude? <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, interesting, th- some comments coming out of the first day of practice might surprise you on uh, who some of the stars have been so far. Uh, and who's standing out early on in these uh, practices. So we'll discuss that. Also coming up next hour, we'll get into uh, our player of the week and, again, some more observations about what Dajay saw at uh, practices for Utah State football as it's still open to the public for about another 30 minutes in the indoor practice facility. And uh, just today, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday, those are your last chances to see this uh, football team and their practices, and then it'll be closed from there on out. So we'll discuss that and more coming up on the Full Court Press. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson on the Full Court Press. Hey, really quick, we want to tease. We have the Utah High School Athletic Association Executive Director, John Oglesby, is going to be joining us at 4.30 tomorrow for about 30 minutes. We're going to talk to him about the, the new regional alignments uh, and about what Regional 11, the way it looks now, and the new RPI system. It's RPI. playoff based. And by the way, Ridgeline, as of right now, the way the schedule looks, Ridgeline would be considered one of the top three teams in the 4A class for football based on their schedule. Uh, and so we'll be able to talk to him about that. We're also going to talk to him about transfers. Uh, you know, kids transferring out. Is there consideration for open enrollment? Why not? What can they do to fix this? Because it's, be- it's becoming kind of starting to be a pain. Why did you give me that look, though, when I said Ridgeline? What- uh, I'm just wondering how someone could determine, based on schedule, where they would be ranked because nobody's played anybody. Yeah, but they're uh, yeah, well, they're just saying like a team that's going to play a six A team is better than a like Bear River playing a three A team. Oh, I see. That's how they're based. It. So it's just like a preseason, you know. So a higher classification will be weighted. That's exactly. So if you lose by twenty to a six A football team, that's going to look better than a four A team beating a small three A team by twenty five. It's it's really weird. And in fact, it's going to be made public every single week. They will have a public releasing of where the teams stand in each classification based on their RPI. 
Hey, uh, something else about high school football. Yes. That we're going to be doing. Yes. I, I talked about how we're going to have uh, all these. We have all these broadcast partners, play-by-play guys that are going to be calling all these games this fall. Mm-hmm. Something else is cool that we're going to be doing. Um, we're working on the finer details. We're hoping to be able to announce all this officially within the next few days, but I can tease this. Speak to me. We did something that was really, really fun in March with college basketball. Mm. And we had a lot of people involved, a lot of people deciding who might win certain games and certain outcomes, uh-huh. and people got awarded prizes. Okay. And there's something like this very similar coming down the pipeline very soon for high school football. Really? Should be really, really fun. Really? Yes. I so, wish you would have told me before the show started, stay, Eric. Stay. That would ruin the surprise for you and our audience. I am oh, not. So your your reaction is like what they're reacting to right now, too. Well, they're ticked. <laughs> no, just, no, that's it, it is awesome. going to be a lot of fun. Are you serious? Yes, that's going to be awesome. Are we allowed to participate? Or I mean, like in regards, I mean, well, yes, we'll be there to uh, work very similar in that there will be quote-unquote experts, and I put that more on me than anyone else, um, that will pick games. You can see what how we're doing. Yes. And then you can see how you're doing compared to us. The experts. And okay. others. Cool. I'm excited about that. We won't be, uh, we won't be allowed to win prizes. Though. Well, no, I just win the grand prize, which is pride, which is annihilation of my coworkers. You know... Remember who was the, the best in the building? Okay, dude. Yeah, next time. For the basketball? Yeah, you know what? Next time he has to actually pick with his eyes open. No, it wasn't a guy. It was McCall. Wait, what? She had the best in the building. No, wait. Wasn't the biker guy like leading by a lot? McCall won? McCall won. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She wants to pick the favorite colors of the teams. Yeah. She does that all the time. Yeah, she crushed it. Hey, are you playing fantasy football with me? Are you doing that whole fantasy football thing this year? Yes, I am. Oh, that's right. We talked about your team name. That's right. Never mind. I remember that conversation. Oh, geez. Yes, I'm in there. I'm ready. Draft night's coming up. I don't know. What is the draft? I didn't even see. Uh, it's uh, August 25th. So uh, if you're considering about what you should do for your draft, uh, there's news today. Ezekiel Elliott, he's willing to sit out the whole year if he, he doesn't get a contract. Did he say that? Yes. Oh, fetch. It's been an interesting okay. back and forth because uh, they, the the uh, Dallas Cowboys camp has been like, look, we're 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 not going to overreact. We've made a lot of great deals. We've we've taken care of them. We've been in positions to take care of us, um, and uh, we're, we're not freaking out about this. And then meanwhile, Ezekiel Elliott's out? hanging out in Cabo San Lucas, thinking, "Well, oh, bring me another Mai Tai." I'm okay to hang out on the beach. Yeah, for he's a while. got plenty of money, by the way. He's not hurting right now, so he can sit out a season and be still financially wealthy. Yeah, but he wants he wants big money. He wants yeah, to be but the isn't one he guy. worth it? He wants to be so a let top me ask you something. Guy. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. And by the way, you need him to win a Super Bowl. If you, your team, being the Dallas Cowboys, need to win a Super Bowl or want to win a Super Bowl or being contention to win a Super Bowl, you need Ezekiel Elliott. And if they don't have Zeke, they aren't going. And you know what? I gotta be honest. They may not even make the playoffs, Eric. I mean, pay pay your best players, man. And he's one of he's one of your top two players. 
but what is it? Pay- what is it? Okay, he's a great running back, but what has it yielded for the Cowboys? Have they won any playoff games with them? That's on Dak. That's not on Zeke, man. They go into like this. It's like this. Have they, they've been decent regular season, but wasn't yeah. wasn't the team better when Amari Cooper came along and was added to the mix? That is true. Amari Cooper's had a huge, huge contribution to the team. But again, if they don't have a running game, they got to rely on Dak Prescott to throw the ball. They're in serious trouble. Horrific the trouble. Cowboys are. I, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I, no, I no. dislike the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But they are built this year with the, if Zeke is part of it. They've got a lot of experience and a lot of talent. They could be a top level team in the NFL if year. Zeke's a part of it. Right. Uh, so apparently, in, back in January, he told the team that he he wouldn't play without a new contract. Um, but there's been some discussion, I guess, back and forth with his agent that. He would miss part of the regular season, but he doesn't want that to happen. So the who knows whether or not he will get this deal done before before uh, the season begins. But right now, he's uh, not doing anything. Could be another Le- Le'Veon Bell situation. Yeah, where <laughs> they just the Cowboys say, "Okay, you, you want to miss at- out on millions and millions of dollars that you'll never get back? We'll try to find another way around it." Where's he at right now? Do you know? Is he still with Pittsburgh or did he leave? No, he's with the Jets. Oh, that's right. Dude, that sucks, man. Not only did you not get paid, but then you went to a team that's about as garbage as the Jets are. Like, that's that's a horrible, horrible ending for you. You want to talk about, like, running backs having a short life? Your life just got minus by three, yard, or three years in the NFL because the Jets don't have an offensive line and they don't have a coaching staff. All right, coming up next hour, we'll get into the uh, player of the week for us. Yeah. We'll also talk about the Team USA. I'm excited about, about them. this topic, yeah. Their practices are underway. Who's who's doing well early on? It might surprise you. Uh, and uh, Popovich has a difficult challenge figuring out how to put this roster together. We'll discuss it next right. hour on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. As the details of Tom Brady's new deal with the Patriots leaked out earlier this week, one thing is for sure, Brady is still a bargain. million for this year sounds like a lot, but this is still the most accomplished QB in the league, and maybe of all time. He's 42, but don't think for a second that they're paying Brady out of loyalty. Last year, he was still effective. The things that distinguish him from other quarterbacks are timeless. His brain, his competitiveness, cool under pressure. We haven't seen physical decline either. Of course, Tom will tell you that's because of his TB12 diet. However he does it, he's still good. And that slight discount he gives the Patriots makes all the difference. It's an evenly balanced league. Even small cap advantages help, and that's why teams like young players on their first contract. It's rare to find a bargain with a veteran quarterback, but Tom Brady is the exception in almost every way, including his price tag. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.